Welcome to Chemical Reactions, and this the fifth in our podcast series about European chemicals policy, produced by Rudd Pedersen Public Affairs in Brussels. I'm Chris Davis, a senior advisor to Rudd Pedersen, formerly a, a long-standing member of the European Parliament's Environment Committee. The European Commission has now adopted what it calls a chemical strategy for sustainability. And today is our first chance to get an idea of what may be said about it when government ministers get around the council table. I'm talking with Lena Ullermonen, Director General of the Ministry of Environment in Finland. And Lena, chemicals are your special subject, aren't they? Because you were formerly Director of Dossier Evaluation in the European Chemicals Agency. Indeed, I have been working almost all my career on the chemicals issues and chemicals policy. First in the Finnish administration till year 2002, when I moved to the European Commission, where chemicals policy, international agreements, biocides were on, in my portfolio. And then after five and a half years in the European Commission, I had the privilege to be among the, the starting team, where starting the, the European Chemicals Agency here in Helsinki. And until, indeed, I mean, April 2019, I was working there in various tasks and indeed most recently then being the director for evaluation. So a real insider. Before we go into details of the policy, just tell me, how important is the chemicals industry in Finland? It is important. Finland is, uh, in any case, we are very dependent on export uh, and industry in general. And chemicals industry is a surprisingly big factor in our export industry in particular. A couple of months ago, your environment minister joined with others in signing a letter calling on the commission to, oh, great words, blaze the trail to a toxic-free environment for generations to come. So is the Finnish government pleased with the strategy that the commission has now produced? Well, the strategies came from the oven. I mean, uh, so of course I have to say that, I mean, we don't yet have the nationally coordinated position on all its elements. And in Finland, we have a very, very good elaborated system how we form the national position. So there's the involvement of all the relevant ministries. Of course, then we go to the parliament as well. So we are, of course, not there yet. So it takes still, I would say, a couple of months before we have this official position. So hopefully by December, uh, Environment Council, where I understand there is at least some kind of uh, discussion foreseen, we are more ready to share the formal positions. But I would say that, of course, as we have been one of those reach up countries, countries and actively pushing the Commission to come up with a forceful strategy and indeed the toxic-free environment, we should be pretty happy. Yes, it's a very ambitious statement. What about your industry, though? Has that welcomed the proposals in the same way? I think industry overall is reacting more cautiously and even indeed somewhat more negatively uh, on some of the elements. And I think the Finnish industry is very well linked to the European chemicals industry and is repeating also in the national, at least social media, have seen some entries where they cautioning uh, on some of the aspects. So no doubt there will be also discussion with the industry. I mean, how this is um, now working, especially in this time of the world, one could say, with the COVID crisis which is hitting so so hard on economics uh, in any case, but also what is the consistency, policy coherence, I mean, between the other um, and between what has been said in the past and how REITs has been perceived and now what is now in front of us in the form of the communication. I'm struck by the fact that the broad objectives of the new chemical strategy, that's to prevent harmful chemicals affecting health or the environment and to promote innovation and substitution of toxic uh, substances, they're exactly the same as when the REACH legislation was proposed. So, so REACH 
has simply not succeeded in meeting the objectives. Mm, one could perhaps argue like that. On the other hand, the, the communication, as, as far as I can see, is fairly saying that REACH has been important and successful also in many, many ways. And we have built all this almost 20 years. We have built the foundation to now be more perhaps protective to the to the environment and the, the communication emphasizes a lot of the, the human human health aspects so consumers safety and of course as I have been working with reach implementation hand, hands on I do know that there were of course elements which were not perfect or totally successful and of course the always the secret is in how things are implemented and enforced and I think there were weaknesses there are weaknesses in, in, on that front. Well, let's explore one of those weaknesses, which is the very first step of REACH, dossier evaluation. The Commission, in its strategy, says that two-thirds of registration dossiers are not fully compliant in providing the information required. So so why is this the case? Are the requirements not clear? Are, are some companies deliberately not providing the information? But does it matter? I mean, is it all just sort of minor infringements or are there fundamental problems here? I have been now out from the chemicals agency uh, for one and a half years, but I do believe that the findings continue that minority of the dossiers were totally okay. And of course, there were always perhaps something that one could react on, formally speaking. But broadly seeing the studies were there or at least that the, the, whatever alternative methods were used, they were justified. But then in principle, it's inbuilt in REACH that there are lots of adaptation possibilities when it comes to the annexes and to the information requirements. And how these, of course, in any case, the first registration deadline came so quickly that understandably, I mean, companies could not invent the studies and they did want to rely on the non-animal methods, especially when it comes to the long-term studies. And they built adaptation strategies, which then in the closer look didn't stand, let's say the scientific um, uh, argumentation. And also that, yes, only with time, we came up with more detailed guidance and uh, instructions how these information requirements should be interpreted. But I would say that, I mean, very few totally perfect dossiers because, the, yes, the task is not easy either, especially for the high tonnage volume chemicals. That's interesting. Just just let me explore this, seeing as you're no longer with the agency. So it's complex and difficult to interpret in some cases. But were some companies playing the system, just deliberately not conforming? I think they were definitely built really in a reliable and scientific manner. They would be caught with time. And of course, some companies may not, may not care about that. They made their business for some time. And then when the jury came out and said that, no, it's not good, they were ready to either withdraw or join another SIF and then go with it. But of course, then REACH allows also, the system allows that then you have the chance to correct the things. And of course, many tried, many again failed. And yes, there are also lots of uh, interesting board of appeal cases uh, on these decisions. The new strategy says that registration will be revoked in the case of non-compliance. Is that not the case already? I mean, what sanctions has the chemicals agency at its disposal? Mm, this was a question that we were struggling all the time. And, and I think the legal text was weak in giving the clear cutting point when one can indeed ECA or somebody else can revoke the registration dossier. So it was a long discussion also with the enforcement agents, uh, in, in enforcement authorities in the member states. Could they take the action if something is really clearly not complying even after this uh, possibility to, to rectify and, and correct and amend your, the dossier? So I, I'm happy that, I mean, the Commission is now getting on this and uh, seeing what has to change either in the legal text or its interpretation 
giving some powers more clearly to actors to take action because it wasn't becoming easy <laughs> i have to say of course when there was clearly the the idea so those are pretty easy but then the studies were not there that was more difficult to encounter interesting right let's change your theme a bit so 10 member states signed the letter to the commission that i mentioned before calling for a uh, pretty radical chemical strategy but that also means that 17 member states did not sign it and they include germany which is the biggest chemicals manufacturer of all what do you think is going to be the reaction of governments when they sit around the council table and discuss the strategy well perhaps better not to guess of course one has to note that germany is is now having the presidency of the council so they may also refrain from taking positions just at the moment i would say now successfully holistic that there are important acknowledgement on on the innovation on how we how chemicals is linked how we are going to combat the climate change the, the link at the same time made to the what what chemicals can do to the health or the environment and indeed they have a role on the on the biodiversity loss for example and recognizing the importance of of industry so i think there is a lot of agreement at this communication level then of course the issue as always is then when we really get to the legislation and if there are changes to the legislation then it's really the hard matter well exactly that and of course governments will be uh, lobbied hard by by industry as you've suggested so for all the industry says it supports many of the principles of the new strategy we can surely expect a big kickback when we get down to these details the commission says that instead of looking at can already be identified for which safer substitutes were easily available so that suggests the banning potentially of a lot of substances and these of course will be always tricky i mean because the impact assessments of these restrictions or bans nevertheless need to be done the committee system that is under reach ensures also that i mean there's always a hearing of of parties and the socioeconomic um, not only risks but also socioeconomic factors are to be taken into account so if these structures remain to be there of course they always also allow in good i mean of course hearing of all the parties and understanding the consequences but also meaning that it hardly will be ever so simple to get a restriction so commission surely will continue feeling pressure on these issues when it comes to the actual decision making reach and indeed the new strategy both stress that we want a, a strong european chemicals industry the strategy now published says that the new approach will be an opportunity for european industry to regain competitiveness but that rather suggests that the industry has lost competitiveness perhaps because reach has been such a big regulatory burden do you think that's the case i still personally think that it has been more an asset to the european chemicals industry how could we in any case compete with the, especially china india if we want to produce let's say the bulk chemicals in in great volumes so it's quite natural that any in any case with the globalization industries also moving to the well where the economic circumstances allow them to make better profits on the other hand the innovation capacity and getting into the pioneer chemicals special chemicals really finding the substitutes to the harmful and hazardous chemicals that's where i believe that the european chemical industry has already gained from the fact that there has been a demanding legislative environment and i also believe what the commission is also indicating in the communication that we want to spread the rules and we want to become a bit more forceful on the borders and that i mean there's compliance also if we have a restriction that it's really ensured that then the products that are not complying are stopped on the border and i think already now we have seen i mean 
from the start of REACH that many countries actually want to follow, including those chemical industry countries, I mean, who want to have at least similar or almost the same standards because they want to ensure that they can also in the future export chemicals to, to the European Union. Now, of course, this ongoing health crisis and the economic crisis has highlighted the importance of these critical chemicals and all these supply chains that have be become so global and so complex. And what does it mean when you have such a, such a crisis and lockdowns? And this is, I think, very important now to understand what do we need to do to, and also applies to the industry and not only the chemical industry, but the whole industry in Europe. What do we need to change so that we become more uh, resilient I mean, uh, against this kind of uh, major crisis? There's a lot there that I want to explore in the minutes we have remaining. But let me touch on this. I was one of the European Parliament's negotiators on the REACH legislation. And I remember that the principle of substitution, the replacement of uh, potentially harmful substances with safer ones, uh, was a very key issue during the negotiations. And yet substitution has not been as successful as fast as was hoped. Is that the case? Mm. To some extent, I, I agree. It hasn't been as fast as it could have been. And perhaps, of course, some might claim that we don't see all the substitution that has been taking place. That's true, too. So maybe the really bad chemicals were not even registered uh, under REITs because companies already were cleaning their portfolios and, and looking at the properties and wanting to get rid of these unsafe chemicals. But then when it came to those which were registered, yes, one has to go through the identification of a substance of very high concern or, or indeed a restriction proposal. It is a heavy, heavy road and the burden is on, on the authorities to, to show that there's a threat. So becoming more uh, proactive uh, or preventive, that I think is now what the Commission is looking for, how to make the system a bit more preventive. Okay, let me return to some of those subjects you raised earlier. Globally, chemicals production is expected to double in the next 10 years, but there's more than 100 countries that have not even implemented the globally harmonized system of classification and labeling of chemicals, which I would have thought is an absolute basic. So our industry in Europe is simply not competing on a level playing field. True, there is no level playing field globally, and this is one area where I think the European Union has to become more forceful. And we have the international processes ongoing, the SICEM, so-called SICEM process, which is looking now already to, to beyond 2020, so towards 2030. What has to change in the global systems and, and how can we build more, indeed, more level playing field? It is not going to be quick. And of course, a lot will depend how the other major countries say USA, Japan, and also the major countries like China and India are reacting to these challenges. But with the, the realization how at the critical times we are living on the biodiversity issues, on, on deeds, I mean, people, working people getting ill uh, because of the chemical exposure, uh, environment getting, getting also really damaged by local and uh, regional pollution, I do believe that there starts to be also global pressure to move on with these safe chemicals management ideas, which have been so long been already in the international debate, but with little progress. That's the international dimension. But 90% of all the alerts in Europe involving chemicals apply to products coming from outside our borders. Now, products imported into the EU are supposed to comply with EU rules, but it's just not happening, is it? This is always a complex, complex issue to, to ensure that everything that is coming, because the, of course, the, the waves of products, materials, good countries, 
and of course the internet sales i have to say is, <laughs> is is making it even more difficult than it was before the internet sales so from internet web shops you can buy whatever even indeed banned chemicals in the eu and that is not how it should be so i'm happy that the, the communication is looking the, the how to strengthen the enforcement all in all not necessarily agreeing with all the elements they're proposing but at least that it has recognized how extremely important it is to get the enforcement ongoing and action and effective this is a key fair market surveillance of products being imported into the european union we tend to think of finland as a country that keeps to the rules pretty strictly but do you really think they're going to be as tough as that in Bulgaria? And once the products get into the country, they can presumably be distributed throughout the whole of the European Union. So, you know, again, there's a real risk that European industry gets undercut by imported products which don't meet our standards. To the products that are not complying with the rules, it is a complex task. But of course, and, and one has to also yes recognize that i mean the enforcement is in the competence of the member states so there's a limit what for example the commission can can force or oblige the member states to do but there is the one good thing is the forum for for enforcement uh, under reach and it has been proven working i mean that the network of enforcement authorities are doing let's say joint instructions how to do the checks agreeing on the projects all this is very good and has been there from the start on reach so i think it's a good basis to build on one suggestion from the Commission is that it should itself be able to carry out compliance audits in member states. How do you think that will go down with the Council, given how protective national governments are if, of their own prerogatives? If I would bet this is going to be <laughs> causing some debate. Yes. And I think also the country that I am uh, from, yes, will will have some at least some, some questions about what can be done at the central level and what has to be left on the, on the member states. All in all, I think it's also illustrating how brave the, the communication is, at least on the paper. Yes, indeed. This is a real dilemma for the whole of Europe, isn't it? How do, we, how do we ensure that the rules are properly enforced while protecting national prerogatives? Tell me, one of the new elements in the chemical strategy concerns the development of a circular economy. And that really wasn't in our minds when we considered REACH. Not easy, though, is it? I mean, how does someone recycling a product be absolutely sure of what's in the materials they're using. This is a very, very hot topic in Finland. You may have heard, I don't know, but our reputation is so so good, but we claim to be one of the front runners on the, on the topic of uh, circular economy in Finland. And we are at the moment, I mean, uh, developing our own national strategy to advance the circular economy agenda. And of course, we have the commission communication from spring, or the action plan actually, on the circular eco uh, economy. And this is, I believe, where there's a lot, a lot to win. And one of the pain points is really the issue of harmful substances in material streams and, and cycles. But I mean, without tackling that, we are not going to have a safe and sustainable circular economy in, in the future. So I think the Commission is very right in identifying now this as one of the crucial issues and links. And I think it's quite well linking this communication with the circular economy agenda. And this is really fundamental. And of course, the basis, again, is that we know, need to know about the properties of the chemicals. Okay, we have first have to know what is there and then about what are the properties of the chemicals and do they somehow indeed cause harm in the, in the recycling or in the reuse of the products. But this is also very much to the same direction as what the, the communication otherwise wants to achieve. So safer substances in all in all, safer for the human health and environment. So in that sense, it is uh, rather coherent and, and logic. 
but it's not going to be easy. And I think we will also need to rely that uh, the inventors of new digital and clever, really intelligent ways of tracking what's there in the material and product streams. I trust that there are these engineers and others who will bring the tools that are necessary in order to track and ensure that the streams are, are safe. It's been said a good few times that we've got to stop treating our planet like a, a giant chemistry experiment. So let's assume that Europe is doing its best. Do you think that example is going to be followed around the world? Are you optimistic or pessimistic? I have to be optimistic in my work. <laughs> I'm dealing with now in my current work with the issues like climate change, circular economy indeed globally, also understanding how circular economy is linked to the biodiversity loss that it, we are just sort of waking up uh, globally uh, on the on horrific um, in scenarios we have in front of us. So I, I do have to be optimistic also on the issue of chemicals that globally countries, governments will understand that yes, we have to stop this. Okay, it will not happen in overnight. Neither has all the powerful movement around the climate change mitigation. Has It has taken years and decades, and maybe we don't have that time, but um, we have good reasons to continue working. You've been listening to me. That's Chris Davis. As I've talked with Lena Ulla Monanen, Director General of the Ministry of Environment in Finland. Thank you very much, Lena. Thank you. In the next of our series of Chemical Reactions podcasts, produced by Rud Pedersen Public Affairs in Brussels, I'll be staying in Finland and talking with Bjorn Hansen, Executive Director of the European Chemicals Agency. You can hear it on the Rud Pedersen website or on the LinkedIn and Twitter pages. Thanks for listening.